0: listening to the Donscast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, as we start this show, I just thought it would be kind of a, a bit of reflection for us all to hear about, from Matthew Lloyd uh, from afl.com.au uh, with his comments about the game against Geelong. David,
1: this is the disastrous first half. That was as bad a half of football as you'll see. 12 goals to 2, smashed in disposals. That Look, how do you give a team 60 marks? You try and keep a team to under 80 marks, and they've given 60 marks to Geelong in the first half and then out-tackled. The Bombers have got no respect in this competition anymore, and that hurts me to say that from where I'm I'm at, Demo, and where my heart is as an excellent person. But who are they? What's their brand? What do they stand for? they have become a bit of a a laughing stock of this competition it really
0: hurts me to say that for you to... so uh, he didn't mix his words there did he
1: no i definitely not
0: and i think that's probably you know really um picks up for where a lot of the supporters would be feeling like you know what are we what are we trying to achieve uh we keep getting told from the club to be patient We've been very patient. Uh, we haven't had a finals win in you know fifteen years or so. So I think that's patience. Um, you know, haven't won a flag for twenty years. That's patience. Um, but if we're talking about the immediate past five years, and this is the basically the current people who put this in place, uh, Xavier Campbell, John Warsfold, you know, other play, other people who've been in this club for this time, we are not moving forward. And you know, I, you know, Adrian Dodoro. Um, you know, there's been some criticism for him. He seems to get us some good individual players, but I think where Adrian is failing, he doesn't fill the side's needs. So he might pick good players who would be great in a side that they could be complemented by. But when we pick the same kind of players, we're not helping the side build to go to that next level. And You know, I think that's the most damning criticism is when you look at our list build, we are disjointed. uh, We don't have the right backup. Last year, you could say we didn't have enough ruckmen and we were really short in the ruck last year. This year, it's been a combination of, you know, we're too short in the midfield. Like We don't have some bigger bulls in there. Or if we do, they stay on the outer of the team. So they're not actually brought in to play that role. And secondly... Um, we have key position uh, forwards especially. Uh, We don't have much depth there. And, you know, when you've got a squad size of, say, 45, uh, I just don't know how you get to that point. Um, You know, we're drafting too many of the same kind of players. Um, How many times have we heard we've got this half-back flanker we're going to turn into a midfielder? It just doesn't work. And, you know, I think we're very frustrated uh, watching that game uh, especially in that first half, we were just non-competitive, and it really was. As Adam Russ, Am- uh, sorry, Adam Ramanaska said, we were witches' hats, and you can't describe us as anything else.
1: Yeah, I think there' quite a lot of good points there, James. Um, I suppose, like with Lloyd's comments, like the big thing for me is that yeah, he still does identify as a Essendon person. He's a former uh, Essendon captain and obviously a champion player of the club. Um, and look, you also sort of reflect that he was a one-club player. Even when he's, I mean, the, the way I see it, I think he had another year or two in him. However, the Knights era sort of brought an end to that, just my opinion. Um, so, you know, rather than go on, which he would have been offered a contract elsewhere, uh, you know, he'd have no, no qualms there. Uh, but he decided to remain a one-club player. And that's where I think his hurt is coming from as well. Like, um, Because he was there in the successful period where there was that drive and motivation from the club that we weren't going to, uh, I suppose, accept mediocre results. You had blokes like Kevin Sheedy there, like Jimmy Hurd. Uh, and you hear players from the past talk about that the Essendon Football Club, like, we're there to win premierships. Uh, you know, if you got anything less than a uh, sort of prelim final, it was considered to be a uh, pretty disappointing year. And uh, look, it's been a bloody long time since we have even got that far. So, um, you know, I guess anyone who would suggest that oh, just because Lloyd is in the media now, he's going to make these outlandish statements, I, I think there's um, a lot of integrity in what Matthew Lloyd says. I think he sort of calls it how he sees it. Uh, and certainly when that's seconded by Adam Romanowskis, um, who again, another proud Essendon man, and uh, you know, to sort of call us switch's hats, um, you, know, you, you, you can't sort of uh, back away from those statements from champions of the club because uh, definitely they're in positions to sort of um, make their, their, their sort of call on how they see footy because people do acknowledge that they do have good good brains for the game. And um, yeah, so I think that should definitely be listened to, and it's 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 sort of uh, you know almost cathartic to hear as a fan uh, to know that you know champions of the club also have these concerns over the direction of the football club and the, the game style we're sort of um, you know rolling out week in week out because you know if, it's sort of frustrating sometimes we as fans think oh geez if we can see a concern why aren't there. The coaches do anything about it. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's stuff happening behind the scenes, uh, but we just don't see it. And certainly we don't hear it because, you know, all this season, um, basically as of uh, when the club finished uh, doing the the podcast, um, the sort of working through it podcast with Xavier and co, um, once we came back to footy, uh, we really haven't heard anything from the club in regards to the direction we're going, which has been uh, disappointing in that, uh, you know, as we've raised previously, Jame, you know, who's coaching the club? Is it John Wersfold, Um or is it Truck Rutten? Um, you know, to me, there's a lack of accountability there um, because, you know, if... Is this Rutten's, you know, free hit at coaching, you know, behind the scenes and, and not getting the public pressure? Uh, that's pretty disappointing from mine because if you are... Uh, serious about taking on a senior role like that, you should be also leading from the front and uh, taking the criticism uh, as it sort of comes up and, you know, laying out what is the game plan, where is the direction of the Essendon Football Club going, uh, which is certainly concerning. With regards to the um, yeah, list decisions uh, with Adrian D'Oro, um, look, I think a really great point there in that, yes, individual uh, players of note, but not feeling a need. I mean, for years now we've said, "Geez, we really need a big-bodied midfielder." Um, and so, you know, what has he done? He's yes, he's picked up some great players, but you, um, I suppose, you you look at them and you go, "So Adam Saad, a, a defender. Dylan Shield, like he's a mid, uh, but he's not an inside mid. Um, you know, as I've sort of noted previously, for mine he's a an outside player with a bit of size." Um, but certainly, his his main run comes from that that dash he's got. Uh, Jakey Stringer, yes, we've been trying to work him in to become a mid, but he's a he's a forward uh, predominantly, um, and doesn't have the fitness base as it is to stand up all game as an inside mid. Um, and uh, you know, then you, I suppose you know even Smith. Um, yes, he's a good in and under player, uh, classy user of the ball, but not a inside mid. So. Even the selections we've gone through there, um, yes, good players. Uh, but where was the actual, uh, I suppose, overall list need in terms of the uh, the tall forwards you mentioned, James? Um, I guess in terms of depth, yes, we've got Jimmy Stewart on this list. We've got Joe Danaher on the list. Um, but you know, we didn't have them up until what sort of July? Uh, in this season, uh, and August, August, rather, in Danaher's case. Uh, so there was a big hole there, and structurally it hurt us, because guys like Tipper and that couldn't get involved in the game, because there was no big forward leading out that they could crumb to. So we were using uh, Jacob Townsend as our you know number one forward, um, and then later on, Laverde as our big forward. And certainly, while he has a bigger frame, he's not a... sort of key forward for mine Um, so yeah good points jane when yeah well raised
0: and uh, i agree with your sentiment there it's deafening how silent the club has been and you know not once has xavier campbell addressed any of this and um, i'm not sure what the strategy is behind that but in a season where people have been asked to pay money not getting any true value from their membership, other than the, you know, maybe the um the pleasure of knowing you're helping the club forward, um, which is how I feel about when I donated my membership, um, I you know I feel like it's a real lack of respect that we don't get any clarity on, you know, not even addressing any concerns, and yeah, look, I don't expect them to come out and you know give us a hundred percent um full briefing on every loss and every win but what i would like to say is we understand the supporters are hurting uh we are working towards something let truck have an avenue to actually talk to the members and the supporters because um all i get from truck is a minute 30 video on the day of the game where he talks about the other team's strength and you know what we'll try to do to to, um, defend against that but like it really is, you know. One minute thirty doesn't address anything, and um, you know, I just, I just don't know why they're protecting him so much um, that he doesn't address even the members. Like he doesn't have to address the members. Uh, sorry, the media, but at least us members who you know have been paying money this year with no true true value in terms of going to games. We're not getting any entry into games. We're not. Um, Getting anything like that, yeah, I know there were some offers made by the club to, in uh, you know, in lieu of not being able to attend. But to me, the main reason you get a membership is one to help the club, but two to enjoy the benefits of being a member. And this year, you couldn't say that the club has treated us like members, and I don't feel like that. And um, yeah, I just can't believe Xavier Campbell and anyone from the hierarchy has addressed the fans. Like, what about a letter? You know, even a letter to say, yeah, we understand you're hurting. Uh, We are working towards something. I know it may may not be evident now, but we are working towards something. Give us some hope. And, um, you know, I think that's long overdue. And, mate, this season is pitting out. Like, we've got two more games to go. But, you know, I just hope that the pre-season break is going to be a reset for the club. I'd hope, even internally, they get an external review of their decision-making, uh, where we are as a club as opposed to others. We've seen other teams go past us now. You know, the clubs like St Kilda, uh, Port Adelaide, Brisbane. You know, these sides were all below us at some point in the last couple of years, and they've just gone up and up and they have on the improve. And for us, we're uh, stagnant. Yes, we've had some injuries and, you know, that's undeniable, but we haven't helped ourselves. And for me, the main thing is our game style has been rubbish this year. And, you know, I, you know in the past, we've seen at least a little bit of brilliance coming through. Now, it's just so short in between, you know, good and bad. It's so bad. And, um, you know, the other thing is I wanted to bring up our first quarters, Uh, again, you know, we hardly scored in the first quarter. You got that goal. But um, when you think of it, I think they said in the last eight games, Essendon have averaged seven points in the first quarter. Um, you know, that's ridiculous. Over two months, that that's the way we're coming out to start games. We can only, we're averaging basically a goal each quor- one quarter. So, um, yeah, sorry about the bit of a rant, but that's where I'm um, I'm feeling it at the moment.
1: Yeah, and I think they're they're fair fair points as well, James. Um, And, you know, I think it's really reflected, like even when you look at the team stats uh, against Geelong, look, and we all acknowledge, um, respect and appreciate that Geelong are a a much better drilled side than Essendon. Um, But look, you look at the disposal count, uh, they killed us. So uh, 323 to the Cats to our 253 um you know inside 50s they got 45 to our 30 uh, their disposal efficiency all around the ground was 76% and ours was 65.6 um and certainly when they're getting more disposals and they're more efficient with it it's it's going to cut you up um and you know surprisingly our efficiency inside 50 was was better so we had um you know basically 67% uh efficiency inside 50 um you know which was uh sort of good but um you know for, that's from very limited entries uh but certainly there were a lot of times where uh, we sort of rushed the kick and um didn't really uh lower the eyes to to actually hit a target um you know going through you know further in the stats um yeah, they're pretty similar. Uh, I suppose we won the hit-outs. It uh, was Sammy Draper leading the charge there. I thought he was uh, really good on the night. Um, but they won the clearances, so 31 to our 22. Um, I thought their their midfield was able to get ascendancy and certainly make better use of the footy. Uh, they had more contested positions, so 120 to our 107. Uncontested positions, they smashed us. Uh, 202 to our 143. So that's Uh, like 60 extra possessions over the course of the quarters, Um, which, you know, again, if they've got it 60 more times and they're using it better than us, uh, it's going to cut us up. Uh, But Marks, 102 for the match. And that's noting their average is about 80. Uh, And as Matty Lloyd uh, said during his uh, little rant, you know, you, you try to keep sides to under 80, marks, but you know they got over a hundred so the pressure just wasn't there uh well we got 54 marks and that's that's basically double uh, what they've got on us uh, contested marks yeah they got 15 to our 10 it's so not a huge disparity but still you know they they're able to take those those marks um, around the ground uh but yeah then you look at yeah oh see they beat us by uh yeah 11 goals in the end um interestingly even though they killed us in clearances like clearances and disposals they actually had more tackles than us so they had 51. uh yes we got 49 so we sort of tried to even it up a bit but um i just feel like you know we didn't really come to this game uh you know to play in a a sort of professional fashion uh which would allow us to even compete consistently throughout all four quarters of, all four quarters of the match.
0: Yeah, no, it's not good enough and uh, I listened to Tim Watson as well this morning. And he was he went really hard at Wusher. Basically said the last five years, uh, John's had five years to get this club at least competitive. Um, you know, and he doesn't feel like he's achieved that. And uh, he he was expecting a lot more from the Warsfold era. Um, he uh, left out any talk of Rutten during that conversation, so he kind of uh, excused Rutten at all, but, uh, so he didn't bring him into it. So uh it was more about what John Worsfold achieved in his five years. So uh Tim Watson has seemed a bit like a godfather at Essendon, and um yeah if, if he's making those criticisms, you know uh with you know, him, uh Lloydy and Ramanaskis all today uh voicing concerns. I would hope the club will address something with its members and I and I implore them to do that because you know, we're hurting. You know, we've been watching this for the best part of the last well, two months at least has been our worst uh period of football I can remember for a long time. Uh even in the year of two thousand and sixteen when the players were all suspended. Uh, I actually enjoyed watching the team because you could tell they were yeah, hundred percent involved in the contest. You know, they were getting outclassed at times, but um, you know, you just had a sense that they were giving their all. I don't get that sense at the moment, and you know, I don't mean to uh, disrespect the players because I'm sure they are trying their hardest, but um, you know, you can't sag off your players all the time, the whole game. So many times, you just watch uh, the the other to- side take mark after mark, and you just watch us shuffle across and we're always one player behind in the rotation. So they've always got an out to go to and it, they can choose to go slow. And then when we're disjointed, that's when they go on the attack and we've got players out of position. So, um, you know, defensively, we've been incredibly poor. Uh, we have, there's no pressure from the side taking the ball from our forward line up to there, theirs. Is not, um, there's hardly any pressure. And uh, it's commented a lot by the commentators. Uh, us supporters can see it. So you know uh, we appreciate that it's been a, an unusual year in terms of the training volumes aren't the same. You know, there's no VFL for your younger players to you know get some games in real time against um, you know other competitive units. But you know you're not getting that this year. So but that's been across the board. So it's not just Essendon's been affected by that. And we're seeing other young sides be able to cope with this and, uh, you know, make great headway. So, uh, for the club, some serious questions have to be asked, and I hope they are asking them. Uh, Paul Brasher coming in as the new president-elect, uh, he's got a huge job. Let's just hope he's not going to be another silent person that we don't hear from. You know, you think uh, Eddie Maguire would put up with this if this was Collingwood. Um, you know the way that Essendon are playing at the moment. I don't think he would. Uh yes, he has a more public profile, but at least he would uh, voice his concerns. And I'm not a big Eddie fan. Like, in fact, I can. Yeah, sometimes yeah, he's got a head that you'd like to knock off. But um, same token, he you can't deny he loves his footy club, and I don't get that sense from anyone at the club at the moment coming out saying they're hurting as
1: well. No, absolutely right, mate. Um, it's uh yeah, a bit disappointing, but let's let's hope the um, the club wakes up and starts to actually listen to the member base, because um, yeah, certainly a lot of unhappy fans out there. Um, and it was good to see, you know, even guys like Rowan Connolly, he's, he's just had enough, mate. Um, really calling out the sort of insipid performance um, that we've that we've seen, and um, yeah, really questioning the culture of the club. Um, and look, while uh, people might think that it's, uh, I don't know, um, a bit rich to have a go at players. Um, you know, when you look at that half time huddle and we were 10 goals down and they're all having a good old giggle and a laugh uh, and some people go, oh, geez, can't they enjoy their footy? Well, I guess it's all about messaging when you're in a professional environment um, because, you know, we, we look to them, they're our our side, they're the ones that represent us. Um and certainly I didn't feel well represented when you know, they're having a good old giggle when we're ten goals down and we've been played uh really putrid football. Um like I just think things like that, you know, and we'll probably cop a bit of grief from people, you know, we've got a <laughs> got a few comments about uh you know Joe Danaher last week when we just thought his body language there was was a bit poor. Um, but that's how it sort of reads uh, to us that um, I know the the players are obviously hurting, but um, I sort of wonder whether the the heart is there of ball club because, you know, we, we really hurt as fans uh, to see the Bombers play as badly as they are. Um, and, you know, when they're having a, a good old laugh, you know, 10 goals down, you just sort of... Question: How much they want it uh, to be a, um, yeah, a, a competitive football club that is relevant in the AFL competition? Because we certainly haven't been that for a long time.
0: Yeah, no, that's right. And um, I did. Maddie Lloyd actually spoke about this as well. Because apparently, um, I think it was Jack Higgins who used to do it for Richmond. Um, so the theory was that maybe, yeah, you know, Jack Higgins used to tell a joke before um, the game. Uh, and that would yeah. You know, there's been a lot of footage of Richmond players in the same position having a laugh and that after the joke, and they thought maybe uh, Rutten has brought that in, and apparently it was Mozzie that told a joke to the to the um, to the playing group, and that's what made everyone laugh. But um, we're not Richmond, and that's what Matty Lloyd said. We're not the Richmond Football Club. We're the Essendon Football Club, and you know you can't. Try and take everything from Richmond and expect it to translate to Essendon. We're not at that level yet, and you know we're certainly not a team that um, needs that kind of look. That yeah, you know, where we are chuckling when we're ten goals down and we kick two goals for the match. Um, to me, it's um, you've got to think about the optics as well, um, and you've got to appreciate, as I said before, and you've mentioned it, your supporters are hurting. So it really is, you know, pretty poor message. Mate, the last thing before we go into the actual match, um, you know, which won't be fun and we'll just go through some highlights if we can find any, but um, Johnny Elliott, who used to work at the club, uh, was, I think he was a trainer down there. Uh, when when uh, Rowan Connolly put out a, a tweet the other day, um, he made some comments and, um, I just wanted to read them out, just so that um, people could know. Like, this is a bloke who used to be within the club. Like, he was there with through the Hurdy era, and uh, he was given the uh, SARS by um, Xavier Campbell. But uh, his first tweet is, "Look at the appointments: uh, Rowan Connolly, Mark Neild, Neil Craig, Warsfold." I could keep going. So that's his first comment. So he's basically. Knocking, you know, some of the players... Sorry, some of the coaches that were brought into the club. Uh, and then he said, I don't want to be the guy who said, told you so. A lot thought I was just a disgruntled employee. I was just upset because I got the arse. But I only spoke what I truly believed. Um, change has to happen. Not people saving their ass to keep their jobs. It's not the Essendon we loved. It's a shambles. So that's a really strong statement and you know you might say all right well he might be a disgruntled employee and he's just having his opportunity to you know have a bit of a dig but uh, to me that's someone who's been in with the club for a long time he was there through the Sheedy, uh period as well so he's been at the club through highs and lows um, but he's now as an outsider hurting to see the club as he describes as a shambles and It's hard to argue against it when you look at what we've been able to produce, especially in the last fifteen years. And um, yeah, I'm a bit of a loss, but uh, hopefully, uh, better days are coming. And that's the only thing we can live on is that hope. Uh, We've been sold hope by the club for so long. Uh, You know, we've stayed loyal. You know, you saw the memberships. uh, Obviously, not this year, but memberships previously had gone up even through all the saga, uh, the fans and the supporters and the members all stuck together. You know, when they wanted to do the hangar, we all put in money, you know, as much as we could to help them achieve their goal. Uh, you'd love the club to remember, you know, a lot of us are just rank and file people who've got jobs, our families, and, you know, we want something from the club too. And, you know, we don't want money, we don't want anything other than effort. And, you know, we want a club that, stands for something and I think those days are, are you know, been long past and I just hope uh, with Worsfold leaving, you know I, I, I feel bad in a way bagging him so much because you know let's face it, it wouldn't have been too many people who wanted that job of taking over a club that lost you know 10 or 11 or 12 of their best players basically um, and coming in and doing that, you, you've got to thank him for the initial year. I thought that year was promising. I thought two thousand and seventeen was promising. You know, we got those players back, and uh, you know, we had the the highs of you know seeing the side make the finals. Yes, we were bundled out pretty quickly, but um, you know we saw a little bit of hope. Then we you know, went back track in two thousand and eighteen, missed the finals again. Two thousand and nineteen, we came good at the right time of the year and made the finals, but bundled out straight away. And then this year, it's just a complete write-off. So, you know, there's no consistency there. As you can see, it's up, down, uh, up, down. And, you know, when I say up, it's a very loose up. It's up above eight, but that's it. And then we don't make any other improvement. And, you know, our p- best players, uh, you know, are ageing. You know, like some of our players, you know, they're getting a year older. You know, when we picked up Stringer and um, Sardi, you know, they were... 25, 20, you know, 24 and 25, you know, now they're getting up to 27 and um, 26. And then you've got, you know, Hurley and Hooker, you know, they're going to be 31 and 32. Um, so you don't want to miss your opportunity. And, yeah, I, I guess where are we at? Uh, well, we won't know until next year uh, when Rutten and Carousel have the show to themselves. But uh, I would imagine some hard questions are going to be asked in between. Then,
1: well, you'd hope so. Um, but really, the the thing that has to change is that um, culture of like realistically like, accepting mediocrity. Um, and I think the the point you made regarding John Worsfold is uh, is right, James. Because while I guess he's supposed a bit of a whipping boy for us Essendon fans, um, he's sort of he's led the team. Uh, you know, the last five years and we haven't seen a lot of success, it's very easy to just point the finger at the coach. However, uh, the SNM Football Club as a a whole has allowed that to happen. Um, So, you know, whether it was coaches um, like John Worsfold's on-day coaching uh, tactics or their lack of, um, that's been allowed to continue under the current leadership. Um, The like really, if I'm honest, the the poor development of our list as a whole, uh, that's been allowed to happen by the SN leadership. So I I tend to agree with the sentiment that I don't think any any blame can be laid wholly and solely at John Worsfold. I think uh, definitely those first two years with the club. We can't thank him enough. Like the way we're able to carry on and um, you know get the sort of the top up players and uh, you know, have a like, like I, I agree that two thousand sixteen season was just—it was a joy to watch because while we were getting pumped week in week out, the players were just having a crack. Um, yeah, two thousand seventeen. You know, we got our uh, our twelve players back, uh, and to reintegrate those guys to the side was fantastic. Um, it sort of helped, um, you know, not heal all wounds, but uh, certainly. Bring those guys back into a space uh, that was a positive environment, um, but then since then you, you couldn't say it's been um, you know anything anything great. Uh, certainly, there's there was a, a lack in um, our ability to, to back up performances week in week out. We've been uh, a very mediocre side uh, since that time. So um, yeah, the the big thing that needs to change for me is accountability and leadership, um, you know, and driving standards, really, because um, we just seem to be accepting these performances. And, you know, even previously when, uh, you know, Xavier Campbell commented that, you know, our, our performance wasn't good enough, you know, the player said, oh, no, you got to apologise for that. We feel really bad. Um, and we, we bent over to that basically, and that's what's really disappointing, because certainly under the shooty era, if you weren't performing, you were out of the side. There was no, no questions, no caring about your feelings, because we're the Essendon Football Club, we're here to win premierships, uh, so, and that's certainly not the sentiment we're getting at this stage.
0: Yeah, all right, so let's start a bit of a review of the game. Um, we're 30 minutes in, mate, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we needed to do that, because that's how we're feeling and. You know, we might cop some criticism, you know, you've been too down or too negative. I'm um, sorry, we're, we've actually had a gut full of where we're at. Um, and, you know, it's just, you can't keep getting uh, these results and not, you know, you don't become immune to it. Oh, well, I don't. I just, every time it, it cuts me to see us play this way. And, um, you, know, it's, you know, if I could just put up with it, um, you, know, you know, I might, put the rose-coloured glasses on and say, oh, yeah, but next year will be great. But, um, no, you know, my time, you know, we're living now um, and, you know, I'm going to call it how I see it. Um, and, you know, I guess that's what we should do as fans and um, that's how you get people to be held to account. And, all right, we might be members, we might not have that power, but surely in numbers and support uh, and, and these voices like Lloydie and Watson and, Ramonaskis, there's got to be some pressure building at the club, and let's hope it drives us to better, better days. Um, the mate, the the team arrived apparently an hour late; they were delayed on a bus. So uh, Warsfold's come out and said that that wasn't a contributing factor to the performance. So um, to me, uh, we'll take his word on that one. Uh, the game started, and surprisingly, we got the ball forward first, and. Uh, ended in uh, Tipper's hands. He took a mark, and then he um, attempted to handball down to uh, sorry across to Irving Mosquito, and uh, it was just a, a bit of a poor execution handball, so it didn't reach the target. Uh, and we scrambled to get a behind from that effort. But um, I just want to quickly say I, I've been on Tippett. Uh, sorry, I've been on Twitter today, and um, Anthony McDonald Tippett came out and he said. Um, you know, he was really sorry, and, um, he, he made this statement, he said, um, you all think I'm arrogant, um, you know, I certainly wasn't, I was trying to get a young player into the game, uh, we're coached that way, to try and get people involved, I felt really bad for Tipper, because, um, you know, he was obviously cop some criticism from that, I think Dermot Burden came out and called him arrogant, and, um, a smart-ass footy, I think it was the term, um, But to me, um, uh, yeah, if Anthony McDonald Tipper Woody, he's been one of the great highlights of the last five years. So I certainly wouldn't like his confidence bashed. And um, you know, we're not here to hang out players for making uh, one mistake. And Tipper's got a lot of credits in the bank. And yeah, you know, not that he would listen to this, but if uh, anyone could translate to him, like the fans love you, Tipper, and um, yeah, you shouldn't hold any uh, belief that the fans feel you're arrogant. I just don't believe there would be Essendon fans feeling like that. It was a mistake. He should have gone back and he should have kicked the goal. Um, You know, who knows what that does to the player's psyche if you get that first goal. Um, You know, I think that's been the criticism of Tipper this year is that sometimes he's uh, looked to give it off a bit too much when he's such a great kick. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't want him feeling bad by that assessment, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, so, Tipper, heads up and uh, keep going, mate. We, we love watching you play.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and as you say, it was a a poor decision, um, but, you know, certainly takes a lot more than one poor decision to, uh, to lose a game of footy as bad as we did. So, um, look, I thought in terms of highlights, um, you know, there was a really good tackle in our forward line by Townsend, so we sort of uh, talked about a couple of weeks ago there was no one in our forward line really laying those tackles, so it was good to see Townsend laying that. Uh, forced the ball to spill, which was collected by Tipper, uh, and then he kicked it to Hooker, so it was a good pass to him, but unfortunately Hooker missed. So. And so when you, uh, when you miss your opportunities early, uh, and certainly Geelong were on song and they made us pay uh, because, you know, we were wasteful with the ball all over the ground, uh, whereas Geelong were marking and kicking everything. Um, Hawkins was a really big threat down there, so he'd kick two goals early. Blitzarves and Rowan had one each, and then Dalhouse kicked one, and you know all of a sudden they were five goals up with less than 10 minutes off the clock, and that went to six goals after Dangerfield kicked one. Um, but unfortunately, we, we just continued to waste it down our end, you know, Stewart had a set shot and he absolutely shanked it and went out on the full. Uh, And then he had an opportunity to kick it into our forward line from just outside 50, and he kicked it over tip his head. Um, But, you know, in saying that, I was really happy with him in that he he followed up his efforts and he didn't uh, drop his head uh, because not long after, he had another opportunity and uh, he kicked the goal. So I thought that that was good work from Stewart. You know, after a couple of disappointing efforts... Uh, to keep his head up and uh, go back and slot the goal, I think, uh, you know, that was a a good effort.
0: Yeah, so quarter time, we're about five goals down uh, after getting that last one. And you just felt, all right, maybe the players can settle from here. Um, You know, maybe that quarter time break would be a good time for them to, you know, maybe go in with a little bit more confidence with Stewart kicking that goal. But um, that was quickly alleviated, mate. The second term started... And Geelong kicked um for what do you, they kicked six unanswered goals um six goals in a row against us um in that second term and it wasn't till the v- final part of the quarter we finally got a goal through Jake Stringer so again we got our first goal late in the first quarter and we got our second goal late in the second term so uh, and to allow Geelong to kick. 12 goals uh, was really, um, really poor, especially in a shortened game.
1: Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, Yeah, DeLong just really kept the the foot in the pedal. Um, You know, they they just controlled the ball so well at all parts of the ground. And uh, yeah, we were made to look really second rate. I mean, the only highlight of that first half for mine was uh, Draper's tap work in the middle. But I, th- I thought he was uh, actually really good. You know, he, he tapped one down Parrish's throat. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a, a couple of instances there, like he tried to follow up on his tap. He um, There was one bit of play where he uh, sort of tapped the ball. It started going forward for us, and he tried to follow it up. Unfortunately, it sort of didn't, didn't bounce for him. Um, but I thought that showed a lot of uh, sort of good game awareness uh, from Draper. So I think he's developing well. But as you say, mate, like we didn't put a yelp up all that second quarter, and uh, yeah, went into the into the half fifty nine points down.
0: Yeah, and then as mentioned, um, after the halftime break, we saw the players had that huddle where they uh, appeared to have a bit of a, a laugh and a joke, and um, yeah, I think that didn't sit well with many people, um, and then. Uh, Second, sorry, the third term started, and uh, fortunately Hawkins missed the shot at goal, which was his first miss, because um, he was kicking everything early. Uh, and then uh, obviously Draper had that opportunity where he just threw it onto the boot and um, just missed. Uh, and then Geelong got the first goal to start the quarter, uh, started the um of that gate of that third term where um, uh, Myers got a goal. So. We we just again it was like thirteen goals to two and it was a terrible look. Uh, fortunately, uh, we got our next goal through Dylan Shield.
1: Yeah, um, I guess for mine, like we were just we were scrappy at best, um, whereas the Cats were just so clean. Um, you know, where we kept missing targets and missing tackles, Geelong were able to stay clean and yeah, as you say, like when growing Myers. ...kicked that goal, you yeah, know, there were 11 goals up. Um, but, like, I suppose what was good from that quarter... ...yeah, Stringer started to step up. Uh, so he marked a good entry from Parrish. Uh, unfortunately, missed. But then he followed up the ball and collected it... Uh, ...to get the ball back for us. Um, and that's where it ended up in us getting a goal... ...after Mozzie passed the shield. Uh, he went in to it. Um, but, you know, then... ...again, like, I suppose missed opportunities... Tipper had the ball in the pocket there and he just rushed his kick a bit. Um, He had more time than he thought. Um, I'm wondering whether the players were sort of calling for him, saying, You've got time, mate. Um, Because, uh, yeah, he was, what, 15 metres out or so, just in the pocket there. And, uh, yeah, missed the snap, which you'd normally pencil him down for, uh, you know, 99 times out of 100. Um, And then, yeah, not long after, that's when Mozzie went down. Uh, with that knee, which I believe has now been uh, confirmed to be an ACL, jam,
0: Yeah, really sad news on that. Um, basically puts him out of the 2021 season. Uh, you know, the, uh, Dan Richardson's come out and said they'll have the traditional 12-month um, rehab on that. So you think 12 months uh, takes you right through to September next year. So yeah, that's really sad for Mozzie. Um, I'm sure the club will stick by him and... Uh, we will see if he can, um, you know, overcome that injury in 2022. But, um, yeah, sad to see a young player, a young, exciting player go down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but look, after another torrid quarter, mate, uh, we finished uh, 62 points down going into the fourth quarter.
0: Uh, the only positive I could find from that, um, Geelong were, you know, had that 11-goal you know, lead, and there was still about eight, eight or nine minutes left in the um, third term and we somehow, um, actually won the last eight minutes of that quarter, so, um, you know, we kind of, uh, either Geelong took the cue off, the, you know, cue out of the rack, or, um, or put the cue in the rack, sorry, the right statement, but, um, yeah, you know, either they did that, or, you know, we started to ramp up our pressure around the ball, and it, you know, it certainly saw us getting our hands on the ball a bit more, but, um, you weren't able to translate that into a row of goals, but, um, at least we'd kind of stemmed them um, getting those easy goals early, earlier they were getting. Um, so that took us into the last quarter, mate.
1: Yeah, and look, we saw Langford get that mark early. Uh, and, you know, he's maybe about 25 metres out on a bit of an angle. Uh, you know, he's, he's been pretty reliable with his goal kicking, but unfortunately missed that one. But then, fortunately, you know there was a nice entry inside fifty, which was taken by Redman, uh, who went back and kicked the goal. So I thought that was good for uh, for Redders to kick one. Uh, But then, yeah, apart from that, it was another disappointing quarter. I suppose we uh, we didn't get beaten as badly as we had uh, in the previous quarters, but certainly to me, as as you say, James, like John had taken the uh, the foot off the pedal and. Um, just seem to want to sort of control the footy, slow it down uh, so they can, yeah. I suppose, uh, not take too much out of the players going to their next game against Richmond. But, um, yeah, we did end up getting one last goal through Townsend uh, right at the end of the game. Uh, but, yeah, not much else to to cheer about that, mate. Uh, and we finished up getting beaten by 66.
0: Yeah, uh, a really forgettable day. And uh, let's hope we can forget that and raise that out of our minds um you know not much more to say about the game in itself so um yep disappointed but uh after the break we have to find five players to give votes to and that's next after the break You're listening to Don's Cast, and we now give our votes for the Don's Cast Medal, uh, mate. It was hard to find these votes, but who did you go for?
1: Yeah, mate. Uh, I've gone one vote for Ridley. I thought, you know, defence was really up against it all night, and uh, yeah, certainly, you know, Geelong were were given best use of the ball, but I thought he he kept trying all night. Um, had the 14 disposals in the end. Only took the two marks, interestingly. So, uh, uh, not the not his best game, but he did follow up efforts. So he had three tackles, uh, even had a clearance uh, to his name, which is a fair effort from him. Um, and with the uh, fourteen disposals all up, so I thought a, a reasonable game from Ridley, and certainly reasonable was a lot more than uh, we got out of some players. Um, for two votes, I went Kyle Langford. I thought um, you know. He got 16 disposals in the end, but took five marks, so he's actually really using his, uh, his sort of bigger frame um, and marking power a bit more around the ground. Uh, had the four tackles, which is good to see. Um, had two goal assists, which was really good, um, as well as had a couple of shots on goal himself. Look, he didn't kick them, so he had the two points to his name, uh, but I thought he played uh, you know, an all right game uh, for him. Uh, Three votes I went for Draper. I thought he contested really well in the ruck all night. So he he had the uh, sort of 26 hit outs and uh, was really uh, playing well in there. Uh, But the bit I liked about him most was, yeah, he was, uh, you know, his follow-up work. So he had nine disposals in the end, uh, but eight of those were kicks, which is good. So he tried to get it forward for us uh, in a game that we had limited forward entries. Uh, Took three marks. Uh, had a couple of tackles, so I'm really loving seeing his aggression. Um had a clearance as well and uh yeah, as you say, James had that shot on goal, uh, which I unfortunately missed, but I'm actually really liking his, his tap tap work and uh his aggression around the ball. I think he's uh yeah, really continuing to develop very promisingly. Uh the four votes went for, for Parrish. Uh I just thought he's again he's his work in the middle there. Is really good, um, you know, not as prolific as he has been in previous games. Uh, but I thought from his 16 disposals, uh, he had four tackles and four clearances, which is uh, which big on the night where uh, again Geelong had the upper hand. Uh, but I thought he had a solid game for us. Uh, but the five votes had to go for Zach Merritt, uh, 24 disposals in the end, uh, which is their sort of main. Ball winner, which is uh, yeah, I guess pretty scary to see. Uh, yeah, four marks, made a tackle, uh, but had 347 meters gained, uh, which is certainly uh, one of the most of the of the club on the date, uh, But six clearances uh, to go along with that, so um, yeah, really, really good there. Um, yeah, some of his disposal coming out of the center there wasn't as clean. As you'd like, but um, you know, really, with the way we're structuring forward, and um, you know, to me, it seemed like the, the forwards were sort of you know going to that same part of the ground, uh, which is never going to give you best opportunity. Uh, but I think you know, merits continue to to show why he's a leader around the club. He, he does seem like the type who uh, you know really um, sort of digs deep to try and find that bit extra. Look, it didn't, didn't sort of uh, work for us on the night, but um, I thought his, his game was pretty good. How about yourself, mate? Ed, you read it.
0: Kind of similar as you. I, you know, I definitely went five for Zach Merritt. Now, I want to say with Zach's game, it's an unusual game from Zach because uh, he has been in great form and he's been finding the footy at will, but he had 24 disposals. Did you know that 17 of them were handballs? Um, so it seems strange to give him um, votes on that kind of, uh, volume of handballs as opposed to kicks. You know, he only kicked it seven times, but um, he just was the only player I felt was in the contest the whole game, and um, he was you know outsized in many ways against the Geelong midfield, but he his willingness to go into the contest after the contest uh was admirable, and you know I, I had to give him the five votes. Uh, I I gave Darcy Parish four votes. Uh, he's getting those midfield minutes he's starting to win some clearances. Um, you know, he's a player that we've got a lot of hope can take uh, you know a lot of um, you know lessons out of this year and hopefully he's building to become you know a permanent fixture in that midfield because you know every every week you just see him collect the ball very assuredly um, you know he does it very well and um, you' almost guaranteed he's going to pick up the ball pretty cleanly. Uh, I gave Draper three votes as well. Uh, I thought it was the only area in the game where we beat Geelong was in that ruck area. I thought his uh, work was very promising and it shows we've got a real player there. Um, And our midfielders are going to get the benefit of him getting better and better. But, um, yeah, he he was pretty good on the day. I gave two votes to Mack Welfie. I thought he was really... uh, yeah, you, know, you had to admire the way that he took on the game. Uh, now, he's not the cleanest player that you'll ever see in terms of his disposal, um, but you couldn't say he's not committed to helping the club. And, um, yeah, I thought he had one of his better games this year. And, you know, I think it's the first time he's got in our votes. So, um, yeah, I, I thought he was very good, um, you know, in a, in a weakened side. And... Yeah, I gave one vote to Kyle Langford as well. I thought he was another player that you know, kept working through the contest. Um, you know, he took some marks and, you know, he probably would have been bumped up the votes if he had a converted those set shots. Um, we would have loved to have seen him kick at least one of those. But, uh, yeah, Kyle Langford, uh, he's been another ray of hope this year he's, with his improvement. So, um, yeah. Well done to him, and uh, yeah, mate. I guess that leaves us. Uh, what's the total at the moment? Uh, sounds like Zach Merritt is catching up.
1: Yeah, he is. So if I uh, you know read them out in totals, um, so we've got one each to Cutler and Mozzie, uh, two each to Guelphie and McKernan, three each to Townsend, Stewart, Laverty, and Bell Chambers and Hooker, four to Danaher, five each to McDonald, Tip and Woody and Phillips. 6 to Zaharakis, 7 to Hurley, 9 to Stringer, 13 each to Draper and Smith, 23 to Lankford, 29 to Parrish, 40 to Scheel, 53 to Sard, 67 to McGrath, 77 to Ridley, and out on top is uh, Zachy Merritt with 78 Don's Cast Medal votes.
0: Yeah, well, uh, well done to Zach Merritt, he's yeah you know, he's just been in a purple patch as we've been commenting uh, week after week. he's really uh hit his straps and um you know it's a bit subjective when you give votes, so um I'll be very interested to see how our votes hold up against the um cry medal votes um obviously they vote very differently to the way we do them but um you know I'd be just like to see you know who they have in their top ten as opposed to. Um, you know, how we've seen it, mate. Because um, obviously the coaches vote, uh, you know, I think they give, uh, the way the voting's done is, uh, I think there's an X amount of players get votes. Might be, uh, say, I can't remember, it might be 12 players get votes or, or maybe more. And um, it's basically um, voted down from lowest to highest, obviously. But, um, yeah, it would be very interesting to see how that stacks up our votes compared to the clubs overall. And um, obviously they'll be coached on... Sorry, they'll be voted on probably their directions they've been given by the coaches that we're not privy to. But, um, yeah, Zach Merritt just taking the lead over Jordan Ridley. So we'll wait and see with the last two games who wins it. All right, mate. We'll have a break. And then um, we might do a bit of a shorten by the numbers because... um, you know, we we don't want to uh, go too overboard on this game because um, you know we are wanting to be respectful to the players and and uh, yeah, we don't want to be too harsh on them. So we will uh, have a break and we'll come back. with we'll By the numbers. Go listen to the Don's cast, and as we come back. We've got our by-the-numbers segment. Uh, mate, we start with Darcy Parish, who we both found uh, well, second-best on for us. Um, anything more you want to add about Darcy Parrish?
1: No, mate, just a, just a classy player, continuing to develop, and um, yeah, loved his work on the night. How about you, mate?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah he's definitely uh, improving with more midfield minutes. Uh, we called for it early. We're starting to see that now, maybe out of necessity, you know, with no McGrath and so forth. But regardless, he is getting the benefit of playing in the midfield. So let's hope uh, we see, you know, that development, you know, fast track uh, to get him to a point where he becomes a real pivotal part with the Bombers uh, rebounding uh, of 2021. Cole Langford, we both found votes for as well. And he continued his uh, very good year, yeah, uh, you know, I think he's really surprised a lot of people, and um, yeah, it's been great to watch. And let's hope uh, he's rewarded with a new contract.
1: Yeah, absolutely, mate. He's been really solid for us, and another solid game today. He's uh, off game the last night, rather. Um, yeah, putting together some good footy, and yeah, looking forward to him continuing to develop um, as a as a Cognier machine.
0: Dev Smith, um, he got a, a little bit of the ball. I was surprised. He, I think, he got around twenty disposals, mate. But um yeah he didn't do a lot with them. And I think um you know, we've mentioned throughout the year, mate, that uh, he's coming back from basically two knee surgeries and uh, we can only hope that uh you know, he gets the proper rest over the pre season and uh, he can rebound and have a better season a bit more of his two thousand and eighteen season rather than this one because um yeah, it's been a little bit uninspiring in, in some ways because he just hasn't had the same impact. Yeah, he's found the ball a little bit more, you know, playing them down on that half-back line. But, um, yeah, t- to me, Des Smith's uh, best attributes he's tackling, but this year he just hasn't been able to have the power to bring players to ground. And you saw that on the game, um, you know, where yeah you know, he try and tackle blokes, but they just, you know, were able to just, you know, flick him off, basically. And, you know, to me, he seemed... Um, he seemed like his effort was there, as it always is, but just, you know, he's not having the same impact as that
1: 2018 season. No, he's not. But, um, yeah, look, I thought he was... Uh, his effort was was always there, uh, but, as you say, he just doesn't have that same zip and that same power in the legs that helps him to, to tackle blokes. Um, so, hopefully, the, this year... Um, yeah. we'll I suppose Liam to get back to the speed of the footy and hopefully get back into it in proper next year. I thought for this game it was it was solid for us. Nah, so found a bit of the footy. Um, one of the I suppose one of the few players of the ground who um, had a positive kick to handball ratio. Um, uh, but you know you couldn't call it any more than a solid game. Uh, but
0: yeah, I thought he did did all right. Yeah, um, Zach Merritt. We both gave best on. Um, as I said, I was probably surprised he had so many handballs. You know, 17 out of his 24 um, disposals were handballs. Um, he usually likes to use the ball by foot a bit more than that. Um, I think that is a testament to Geelong's pressure. Um, but yeah, you know, he's still able to find the ball and yeah, you know, his effort. Around the contest, you see him. He's always busting his gut to get the ball, and um, yeah, that's one of his great strengths. And uh, yeah, it's been really pleasing because I thought, didn't think he started the year that well, and he's really built into this season. So I think he's coming into some of his best years, and he's still only, I think, twenty-four years of age. So you know, he's coming right into his prime.
1: Yeah, mate, and uh, yeah, let's hope he continues to to grow. And I'm really hoping in the next uh sort of trade season we can actually bring in a, a bigger bodied um mid into the midfield because I, I certainly think he's a bit of a victim that we don't we don't have that. So he's having to go in there and get his own footy and while he, he doesn't mind getting in there and um uh, extracting it, I think he's too good a user of the footy for us to to sort of waste him uh having to collect it off the bottom of a pack. So um yeah let's hope the uh the bombers help him uh help us next season.
0: Definitely. uh Marty Gleason, um uh we kind of bemoaned he seemed to have been down in confidence. Um early on he was beaten in that contest, but he wasn't alone, so we're not gonna heap it on Marty. Um the delivery was pretty good by Geelong, but uh again it was another game where it was pretty uh lackluster
1: in terms of his output. Yeah, mate, uh, yeah, pretty uninspiring really. Um but look again, I don't think it's a result of a lack of effort from Marty I think he's just so far off it in terms of his confidence um he he's finding it hard to get involved in the game so let's hope the uh you know the preseason going into next year helps him regain some form and confidence because he's he's severely down at the moment yeah he
0: just looks like he i know he's always been like yeah you know, light body but he just seems to be you know disregarded in terms of the opposition just push off him all the time and take mark after mark. So, you know, to me, um, I believe he's out of contract. He might be one the club does let go. And, you know, again, I don't say that to disparage him, but I just don't think, um, you know, depending on what money he's asking for, if there's going to be a spot for him, because he really is a one-trick pony in terms of he's a half-back flanker, in my view, or back pocket, um, yeah, you know, he's not going to be a player you can put on a wing, or uh, he's not going to play up forward for you. So that's his position. So you have to decide: is that what you want? Um, he can be a good link-up player in terms of you know getting the ball and then dishing it off to um, you know Assad and, and previously McK- uh, McKenna. But you know, to me, he just gets beaten in the contest too easily. And apparently, uh, we haven't seen it this year, but. Rutten's very strong on, you know, you have to win your position down back. Now, we haven't seen that evident this year, but if that's his um, the way he sees it, then you would think Marty might be in a little bit of trouble because uh, with his body shape and size, um, I don't think he's ever going to be a great one-on-one defender. And, um, yeah, so Marty, uh, we'll see if uh, the club and him see each other in each other's future um, when the season comes to an end. Uh again Marty only had the six disposals and yeah, you know, he just he's been really just down in confidence and you know, we don't want to heap it on him in terms of like making him feel bad but um you know and not that our opinions would hurt him, but more like we don't like to heap it on our players but he's just been a player that hasn't looked right even when he's been in the side and he just seems really low on confidence. Uh Dylan Sheel uh he he got a, a fair bit of the ball mate it, again he, he doesn't always use it to his best uh advantage um and when the game was really up there in contest i just thought he was missing um you know he got some possessions later in the second half but uh yeah how did you see his game
1: eh? yeah i think it was another one of those uh games where look his efforts there you can't question it um but it's just his, his use of the footy and um, his ability to stay involved in the contest. Um, yeah, it's a bit down. So twenty disposals in the end, two marks, uh, three clearances, and uh, like, yep, two shots on goal. So we got got one and missed the other. Uh, so I guess that's a a positive, but um, certainly didn't have much of an impact um, in the in the game as a whole.
0: Yeah, I really hope we see the best of Dylan Shield. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, this is year two of the Dylan Shield, um, you know, acquirement basically for the Bombers. Um, again, like you said with Zach Merritt, I think he would really benefit if we can get that big body midfielder. Um, so the club's really got to work hard to to get one. I don't know, you know, I guess the most or well, the best target I can imagine. And it it would be very hard, and I can't see Porter agreeing to it. Would be to get an Ollie Wines to the Bombers, um, even if it was at the expense of a you know Fantasia and Francis, even despite you know despite I don't want to lose either of those players, but I mean if it was going to get us an Ollie Wines, um, you know you would have to consider that. But uh, yeah, to me was crying out for that, and. Uh, what I said before about the Adrian Dodoro is that he brings in players that are, are very good players, um, but they need to be complemented by the right players, and we don't have those players to complement. So um, let's hope we can find that big-body midfielder. And interestingly, mate, just on a side note, we've got Mitch Hibbard there. He is a big body, um, and we've never used him to try him even in the midfield to give him a consistent run to see how he went in there. Um playing that role, and uh, maybe that's an assessment the club's made and thought he's not up to that role. But, um, yeah, it certainly seems to be a glaring problem the club has, not having that big-bodied midfield to assist our our undersized midfield at
1: the moment. Yeah, absolutely, and that's, that's a, a crazy thing. You you do bring in a, a big-bodied mid he's a mature-age player, um, and you haven't tried him out in that position, so you think it's sort of a wasted opportunity Um there because, you know, if you're gonna have a bloke like that, play him in the role you've actually recruited him for to see if he is any good at that role. Um that's how you make an informed assessment. Um so it looks like they've just made an early call there, potentially. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll we'll find out at the end of the season, mate.
0: That's right. Uh Jordan Ridley considered um you know, he had a a pretty good game, like yeah, in terms of when I to say pretty good, uh, I want to put it as opposed to his bomber teammates. He, uh, he's tried so hard, but yeah, you know, he was just monstered by Dangerfield, like in terms of his body shape and size, and he just couldn't, um, you know, get his body across to spoil as he has been uh, so good at this year. Uh, and the Geelong forward line, you just notice their body sizes are, are much bigger than you know, our defenders, and um, yeah, I think. Rids will learn a lot from that game. Um, Again, he probably needed a little bit more support, um, you know, especially in that first half. and when we weren't getting the ball down much. It seemed a late call to get Hooker to go back there um, and, you know, put a bit of pressure on our back line. But, um, yeah, the back line's always going to look bad when the midfield aren't manning up on their opponents and they've got easy run. So, yeah, Ridley got plenty of the ball, I think well I want to say plenty, he got fourteen possessions, but um yeah just wasn't able to take those aerial marks that he'd been taking and um yeah how did you how did you see him mate? I saw you squeezed him in for a
1: vote yeah, I thought he was he was solid again on the night, i mean did as well as um could be expected, you know because Geelong were delivering it quite well into their forward fifty and uh that's because their midfield were were standing up, and um actually spreading uh quite well and had plenty of options all around the ground so when they entered they had a number of options going forward and could sort of pick and choose who they went for which makes it your life very difficult as a defender so i thought um you know ridley stood up as, as well as he could james stewart uh it was hard to get the ball um especially playing in the Essendon forward
0: line um he, he did get a goal um he missed a couple of opportunities uh took a couple of marks but um Yeah, he he plays that second ruck role at the moment. Um, And I don't know about you, mate, I don't feel much confidence when he's in there. But um, I guess that's not his primary role. But, yeah, I I think it's good to see him out there. He doesn't seem to be labouring. Like, it doesn't seem like that injury that he had uh, previous, you know, is causing him any concern, you know, in that groin injury. Um, So it looks like he's recovered. Hopefully Danaher's the same. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's... I can't judge him too harshly or even fairly because the ball wasn't down in our forward line that often and, um, yeah, obviously he's able to get a goal. Um, When you only kick five, you know, you've kicked 20% of our goals. So, well done, James.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty damning stat in itself. Uh, So, yeah, look, the 11 disposals, uh, three marks, uh, two tackles and uh, a few hit-outs there with one clearance as well. So, I think... You know, as much as you can when you're not getting the ball down in the forward line, I think he did try to get involved in the game. Um, but obviously, as you say, it's hard to get involved in the game when you're not getting the footy. So it's, um, yeah, I suppose an, an average game from Stewart. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's yeah, more of a reflection of um, the control Geelong had uh, around the ground. Uh, Michael
0: Hurley really struggled on the day. Um you know, uh, obviously, even and they mention it in the commentary. Even as big as uh, the bear is, he was you know basically just manhandled by Hawkins. You know, Hawkins' strength you know was clearly evident, and uh, the club actually tried him up forward a little bit in the second half, and um, yeah, you know, he just wasn't able to get his hands on the ball. I think he only had the seven disposals and. You know, without being injured, I can't remember a time where uh, Hurles has only got
1: seven possessions in any game. Yeah, I think, you know, we noted last week that uh, he had that shoulder he was carrying uh, and potentially that still seemed to to hamper him. But, I mean, really, Tom Hawkins just took control of him. Uh, that was one of the concerns we had going into the match. Like, while Hurley's a very solid defender, um, he and he's a strong unit, Really, but against Tom Hawkins, uh, you know, he, he just you know, looked uh, you know, worlds apart. Tom Hawkins is so strong, just pushed him out of the way, uh, really easily and uh, you know, was able to take full advantage early, kicked a few goals. Um, so yeah, and that's a disappointing thing because we took so long to get Hooker back and really that was a matchup we saw uh Hooker on Hawkins, but uh yeah, you know, as for Hurley's game uh, look, I've, I think he battled as, as well as he could, but uh, he couldn't say it was, it was anything more than a uh, you know very average game from Hurls. Yeah, I just think with Hurles, that
0: if he is going to have surgery, get it done now. Let's um, get him back so that he can have a real good crack at it next year. Um, I don't think there's a lot to gain for him playing the last two games. You know, finals are totally out of the question. Um, you know... Maybe two weeks doesn't make that big a difference, so the club will decide to keep playing him, but he looks really labouring with that shoulder, and, um, you know, especially when he has to play on a key forward, he really, you know, he just doesn't have the same power, and he, he can't impact any contest. Uh Jacob Townsend, now, he's been a strange one, mate. He, he started so well against Frio. Um, I thought, well, wow, we've got a player here, but... One of the his weaknesses is that he just can't find the ball, and I appreciate we don't get the ball in our forward line that often. But this has been we've had a really good sample size now of Jacob, and I can't recall a game where he's had more than ten disposals. Uh, and uh, probably his best trade is his really lunging tackles that he uh, that he does, and he really hits them hard, but. You know, he's not able to get them very often during the game. So, like, he only is recorded having... Uh, one, uh, sorry, he's recorded as having five tackles on the day. Um, and you could notice those ones. They're the ones that he really flows, throws himself at the player. And, um, yeah, you know, you can imagine that that's a great strength. But, you yeah, know, he just doesn't find the ball. Um, he did get a goal th- on um, on the day, which is good to see. But, yeah, I just thought he, um, you yeah, know, really as another player that was, uh, you know, had his performance uh, contributing to not having the ball down in our forward line. So, um, you know, again, the club, he's a player that when he came to Essen he said he wanted to have an opportunity to play in the midfield and you know, that's what he was looking for at Richmond. Um, I think he won a, a VFL Best and Fairest at Richmond playing in the midfield. Um, again, the club has never really you know, persisted with giving him a run. So, again, it's another reason why. Yeah, you know, I don't think our coaching's been that bold. Uh, you know, I, I understand it's hard to find midfield minutes for everyone, and we saw Parrish was struggling early to get find those minutes. But uh, when you've got a, a need for a bigger body player in there, uh, I just feel like nothing ventured, nothing gained, and uh, we've never used Townsend in that role. So again, the club must have made an assessment. He's not going to help. But um yeah, I just felt he didn't really impact the contest, uh, despite his efforts with five tackles. No,
1: he didn't mate. And yeah. Unless you're um able to get and collect the footy, um, I mean having the willingness to tackle is good, uh, but if you're unable to follow up in any other area, it's um yeah, you're not you know being a, like you're not able to be a solid contributor. Um, so I I personally see it was a pretty average game from him.
0: The skipper Dyson Heppel, uh, he really struggled on the day. Uh, eight disposals only, uh, you know, three kicks and five handballs. Uh, he looks very slow, mate, at the moment. And you know, we understand he's coming back from injury, but um, yeah, he yeah he's not getting younger. And uh, let's hope that you know, a full pre-season will freshen him up. But you know, he's he does look a mile off it at the moment.
1: Yeah, he does, mate. now but you know, obviously. You... There's no huge worries with Heppel. He'll get back into the speed of the game. But, um, yeah, certainly down on um, what he's capable of. Only the eight disposals in the end. Uh, Had a shot on goal but missed. Um, Only made the one tackle uh, and had two clearances. But, um, yeah, really he was unsighted for large periods of the game. Uh, So let's hope uh, he can get fit um, over the course of the preseason going into next year because we'll certainly need... Uh, someone of his calibre
0: yeah it's a bit worrying he's had two seasons in a row that have been affected by injury um, and you know he was in his prime if you know what I mean like he was 27 28 and um, you know it'll be sad to see him go downhill quickly um, so let's hope you know he's had a really significant injury this year let's hope he can get that right and um, you know start again next year Next player is uh, Mozzie, and, you know, poor Mozzie uh, did his knee. It's been confirmed it's an ACL. Uh, You know, the six disposals, you know, he got that point early after the uh, errant tipper handball. Uh, You know, his effort was there. He's not recorded as laying a tackle, but I did see him attempting to to do that. Um, You know, really sad news he's going to miss next year, but uh, how did you see him, mate?
1: Yeah, I mean, like he always tries hard, Mozzie, uh, does try to get involved in the play, but hes I suppose uh, his read of it uh, at AFL level um, hasn't um, sort of been there yet, but I mean, that's a, a development thing, uh, so I had no concerns with Mozzie in terms of that. He'd pick up the speed of the game, we've shown a number of occasions where he's been able to pick it up so cleanly, so they're those skills you just can't teach anyone, and um, you know he's he's obviously got a lot of speed he's an electric player um so while you know in this game he wasn't able to provide much in terms of output uh the signs were there that he moved well uh but and that as to say like it's just super disappointing uh for him to to cop that injury. I hope you recover well mozzie um and that you know look we'll let him recover uh fully uh, over the course of next season. Uh, to get back into the Bomber lineup in 2022, because uh, there's definitely a player there. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, Jakey Stringer, probably his best game on, since his return. Um, and having said that, wasn't a standout by any stretch, but he seemed to have a little bit more go in his legs. Um, you know, he's he you know, hasn't come back the same player. You know, that performance against Collingwood before the injury was. Uh, fantastic he was in you know really good form he he provided a lot of tackles kicked truly on the night and was such a really good um player coming through and to lose him was a real big setback for the bombers and uh he just hasn't been able to come back in the same strength um or condition which is understandable but um yeah let's hope jakey can um again benefit from a full pre-season i think he needs it and uh you know, uh, let's see if he can uh, come back better
1: next year. Yeah, I mean, for mine, mate, um, I you know, didn't really uh, show a lot. Uh, certainly his his leading patterns uh, didn't appear to be there. Yes, there was that bit in the third quarter where he was able to move a bit more freely. But apart from that, he's, uh, he's certainly not got the same fitness he did at the start of the season when he was positively flying, uh, I believe was the, were the words. Um because, yeah, like one big thing we had at the start of the year was when he was able to go into the midfield. Um, he did have that bigger body and he was able to sort of break away with, with contest work there, um, which he, he obviously doesn't have the fitness uh, to do now and doesn't seem to have that same power in his legs. Uh, so he's another player. I'm hoping for a big pre-season uh, coming up from him going into 2021. Uh, but as for for this game, yeah, look, he, yeah, he got that goal, had another shot but missed, unfortunately. Um, but apart from that, for mine, he didn't didn't show that much else. Uh, so yeah, fairly uh, yeah average game from him.
0: Yeah, Carl uh, Hooker. Um, yeah, you know, he missed that early shot at goal, uh, and then in the second half was called upon to go back and try and provide a contest on Tom Hawkins. Um, in some ways, he he did his job because uh, Hawkins. Had kicked most of his goals in the first term uh sorry in the first you know half sorry um so uh he's probably fortunate Hawkins did get another mark and tried to pass it off uh which was turned over but uh yeah Carl, uh, um you know definitely his effort is unquestionable in every game you you watch him and you know, he really puts his heart and soul into it but uh, he's obviously a bit outclassed but I thought he did a a better role than Hurley uh trying to hold on to Hawkins
1: yeah he did and and that's a, I suppose the disappointing thing you know we we took so long to move him back there um and yeah there was the game was done and dusted um so i mean yeah for for hooker uh he didn't seem to be moving as well as he has in previous games uh and the same last week really um so I don't know if something's hampered his he's run there, maybe uh that sort of back issue he's had previously. Um but yeah, in, in terms of output, just the nine disposals uh for him. Add seven marks, which was which was good. He's uh, always got good hands hooksy. Um but other than that, really not able to impact the game uh too much. That's right. Uh Mason Redmond came back
0: in the decide. Um you know, didn't get a lot of the ball uh, the 11 disposals and um he did take a couple of marks that were pretty impressive but um you know, again he's had a down year uh and he's another one that you just hope that uh will get better next year
1: yeah well um yeah I suppose not much more you can really say about it I suppose solid game um best to, good to see him kick that goal but yeah that's yeah, I don't have much to add for him.
0: Yeah. Uh Brendan Zirk Thatcher, he's he's uh really trying and um he's another player that, you know, I think will be a permanent fiction for the bombers in the years to come. Uh his effort was you know, unquestionable again and I guess I I guess when we do these by the number segments, mate, sometimes I feel like an under ten coach when I say, Oh, his effort was really good but um you know, like I guess you know, i don't want to be talking like the players about that but um yeah i'd love to see uh you know zerk thatcher um you know take on the contest a bit more um i saw he, he pushed forward in the first half and um, take a mark and he actually had his first shot at goal uh, obviously he missed but um you know it was good to see that he you know had a bit of a trundle down and uh, got possession of the footy and had a shot at goal
1: yeah, um I think you're right mate there's a, there's a lot to see in Zerk Thatcher there's definitely a play there um and I think the club internally seems to back him quite a lot uh he'll continue to develop it's uh very difficult when you're um when you're a backman and and your sides uh sort of getting getting pumped uh you know it'd be very easy to to drop your head uh for Zerk Thatcher though I, I think he stayed at the contest but um obviously was we were sort of outclassed all game not just in the back line it was all over the ground um but there's there's definitely a player there and um yeah looking forward to him continuing to develop yeah uh
0: I should say he only had the three to de- three possessions on the game, so um obviously he's not there to be a link up player to to gather that many possessions but I guess um that shows you that we had no control of the ball you know there wasn't even any chip kicks to build up the defender's stats so uh you know, three disposals is, looks pretty poor but um you can't rank each player just on their disposal count because um you know it's on the actual role they're filling for the side uh MacGleavy I thought had he's one of his better games for us in um this year at least and you know, you know he he took a couple of good marks and you know he's always at the contest and won the ball in tight so um you know again he's a Good utility player, uh, McWelfie. you Yeah, know, I'm not sure if he's best 22. If we had our best, yeah, you know, all players to pick from. But when he's in the side, you know what you're going to get, and that's effort.
1: Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, in terms of those those marks you were talking about, like there was one he took down back, uh, which was yeah, really, really good. I mean, I think it was Hawkins uh, might have been, uh, coming up to the footy, but McGwelfy got in the way there and took the grab and then got it, um, sort of coming. Out of their their fifty going forward for us, uh, so a good bit of play there. And he throws his body at everything. Um, as you say, efforts is his number one. Um, you know, attribute. Uh, you'll get it everywhere. I think uh, he's one of those players that can play like a lot of roles on the ground, whether it's um, you know sort of back pocket, wing, even a forward pocket. Um, you know, I think he can play all those roles uh, to a reasonable level and um that's that does really help you in terms of that utility because if someone goes down, whether it's injury or whatever, he can step up and and sort of fill a role for you um so look on the night, you know, he got thirteen disposals in the end, uh yeah, had three tackles, which is good uh had a clearance even uh, added to his name um but you know, as you say James, his his game isn't read on the on the stat sheet it's, it's um on the sort of uh, he's his willingness to get to a contest and uh, pressure the footy and try to get the ball um, out and going forward for us. And uh, I thought he played his role on the night. And
0: Dylan Clark, he had a bit of a run with role. Probably the first time this year they seemed to put him on uh, Cam Guffrey. And I thought he did pretty well despite Geelong having so much of the ball. Uh, Guffrey did end up with 24 disposals, but only nine kicks of those and 15 handballs. So... um, yeah, it was good to see that they gave him a little bit of midfield minutes um, as we kind of called for, you know, if you're going to play this guy, his benefit's going to be in the midfield, it's not going to be anywhere else. Um, you know, despite him, he kicked uh three goals in the last two games um, previous to this one, uh, which is a bit of a surprise, you know. But um, yeah, I think Cam Gaffrey um, knew that he had a defender on him in terms of um, the the way that Dylan was attacking the contest, but yeah, um, again, with Dylan, uh, you know, you look at his field kicking, and um, he's so he must be so conscious of that. I just noticed he had like 12 disposals, two kicks, and 10 handballs. So, you know, it might be an instruction from the club get it off, give it off. Yeah, we don't want you kicking the ball. And, you know, to me, that if you have to handicap a player like that. Um, it's a little bit worrying, but um, yeah I think he's a player that if if you go and play him, you've got to play him you know, on someone and give him some midfield minutes.
1: Yeah, absolutely mate. I, I actually um, I liked a lot of uh, his game and that you know when you did see him in the midfield, um, you know he's got uh, pretty good skills. he was able to read it pretty well in those tight contests there and um, try and get it out uh unfortunately like even his handballs I, I found were a bit loopy uh didn't really give us best opportunity to uh to get the ball forward because you know if you loop up a handball uh it obviously t- takes a long time to to come down and by then the Geelong uh players were sort of all over us um but I thought his effort on the night uh was unquestioned uh so those 12 disposals as he said uh but five tackles I thought was a pretty good effort um only the one clearance but um look i'm sure if you, you gave him a, a proper run in the midfield he'd he'd show a bit more than that um but yeah i'd say a solid game from clark uh, now draper we
0: both liked his game um i thought he he won the ruck, ruck contest on the day um you know he really did a good job on um you know controlling the ball uh got first delivery to Darcy Parish on a number of occasions. They seem to link up very well. Um, So, yeah, there's a player there. I think he's going to be, you know, a ruckman of the future um, for for the whole competition. I think the competition's going to see him as one of the premier rucks in the years to come. But uh, he's still learning the craft a little bit. You know, we know he came from a soccer background, so uh, he's... Development's been very good when you take into fact that he actually had an ACL last year. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to Drapes really continuing.
1: Absolutely, mate. Um, as I sort of mentioned before, his aggression and um, his tack work, tap work um, is actually really good. He's got a great leap on him. So, um, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing more of him in, in the future, mate. Uh, a player that always kind of
0: is a bit, um, you know, it's a bit hard to assess in some ways, is that Will Snelling, he's held his spot pretty much the whole year. Um, and he he must get the ball in tight because you don't notice him a lot in the games, but uh, he always racks up, you know, his 12 to 15 disposals and he's able to get 12 in the day, um, you know, four kicks and eight handballs. And um, I think it's a testament to Geelong's pressure. So many of our players outnumbered, by their handball stats rather than their kicks, and you know we know the club is looking to play like a handball game, but to me, um, yeah, Will it I don't always see the benefits of him being in the side, you know, considering he's uh, undersized. But uh, again, he's another effort-based player who is always there to, you know, try and you know impact the contest. But how did you see him, mate?
1: Yeah, well, again, the the effort was there, but. Um, you know, really Of his 12 disposals um, You know, with with eight handballs um, In a game where we did overhandball again And sort of overcomplicate things And didn't make best use of the footy um, His real strength for mine is his kicking ability And uh, he certainly wasn't able to uh, to use that Because uh, Geelong just, just clogged us up When we had the footy And uh, yeah, we sort of had to try to share it out by handballs um, and yeah, look, he has been known as uh, a bit of a uh, a terrier, so you know, applying a lot of tackling pressure. Only the two tackles on the night uh, and the one clearance, one goal assist though. So uh, you know, it's a silver lining. But um, yeah, pretty average game for mine. Yeah, um, Adam Sard. Uh, he's another player that you
0: know what you're going to get with Sard. He will try his hardest. So Probably this year. You know, when talking generally. Uh, he's played a totally different role to his previous two years at Bombers. Um, you know, he, he's usually got about yeah you know, 100-odd bounces for the year by now, and he's really low. I think it's under 20, mate. So that's a massive change to the way uh, he's being used. Um, yes, the opposition put a lot of time into him because they know he generates a lot of our attack, and he's probably hurting not having another running mid... Uh, sorry, running half-back flanker like he does with uh, Connor McKenna when he's up in the side. But, um, yeah, on the day, uh, you know, he's another player that just fell short, just couldn't hold his tackles. But, um, yeah, you know, he despite having five of those, he um, yeah, just didn't seem to impact the contest like he, we know he can.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, but... Um, as we sort of mentioned before, Geelong were just structuring up so well. I mean, one thing Saad is really known for as well is a bit of a lockdown defender. Uh, but with Sa- uh, the Cats able to um, structure up so well and really pick and choose who they want to deliver the ball to, uh, it made your job very difficult as a defender. Um, so he wasn't able to sort of get his fist in here and there because the, the ball was just getting passed in really cleanly. So... Um, yeah, only the eleven disposals. Uh, eight of those were were kicks. Um, so we had two hundred and thirty-four meters gained of those. Uh, as you say, the the five tackles. Um, but I'm he really is missing having Connor McKenna off the other uh, half backslash wing. There, uh, we really miss that that run. Uh, they both can generate because while you can lock one up, uh, you can't lock them both up, and um, you know if you um lock down on one, the other one'll get out. So that's uh yeah, I guess to our detriment there and um I guess we all sort of noted uh Connor McKinnon wasn't even named as an emergency for this match and he's not named on the injury list, so it sounds like he may be on the way out of Bomberland. Um which is a shame, but yeah, as as for Sardi, you know, he, you can't question his effort. Um so yeah let's let's hope the boys uh sort of get around in these last couple of games and um yeah, there's uh yeah we'll continue to go into 2021 hoping for a fitter list yeah uh
0: yeah sad news about Conor mcKenna it does sound like uh decisions been made um you know again nothing official from the club um you know surprised that you know if he's not injured why he's an inside uh, but it, maybe the clubs said well if you're not playing for us next year we'd rather develop our players that are going to be here maybe they've made that hard stance but yeah it's a bit uh, perplexing uh, to see that um kind of you know not named an injury list really or in the side so or even as emergency so uh, sounds like a bit of a fallout there uh amt again um yeah it wasn't his day he did try um, you know, took that early mark and we've talked about the um, decision to handball uh, he's a player that we love to watch uh, you know, and at full flight he's you know, exhilarating to watch but uh, it's been a tough game for him and I think he's another player that's going to love coming back to Melbourne and, and maybe having some normality next year if we can get back to the footy
1: yeah absolutely mate Um, so not a huge game from from Tipper uh, got into ten disposals, had a couple of tackles, had three marks um, and two shots at goal. Unfortunately, missed them both. Um, but you know, um, for uh, those limited opportunities we had had up forward, and um, I mean, for mine, a still a pretty dysfunctional forward line. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he had an average game, but uh, yeah, he'll he'll get better. I've got no worries about Tipper.
0: Yeah, well, that's it, mate. Um, We got through them. So, yeah, we'll have another break and we'll come back with, uh, I guess, what we feel like should be the next side to play the port, which is uh, top of the ladder side now. So uh, let's hope we're uh, playing a bit better than um, last week or yesterday. So we'll have a break and we'll come back with our match predictions. You're listening to Don's Cast. As we wrap up the show, we do our uh, team selection predictions. And, mate, um, what have we come up with?
1: Well, I reckon out of the side, uh, obviously Mozzie without injury. Um, but also, uh, I think Marty Gleeson uh, has to come out for a spell. Um, yeah, wasn't up to it uh, on the night. And I think Zerk Thatcher may also come out uh, with hooker. Going down back, I think he'll have to play on, on Dixon uh, going up against Port. Um, so into the side, you know Ham. I think we really need to get games into this young bloke. I reckon he's going to be a real star of the future, and I think um, you know we need to get games into this early. And certainly, I think the um, like Port had a lot of young blokes, um, so he's not going to be outbodied as he would have been against Geelong. So Ham coming in. I'll see France is coming back. Uh, just give us a bit more uh, sort of strength and depth down back there uh, and uh, you'd have to imagine Joe here comes in after being rested last game. Yeah, it'd be great
0: to see Joe back and um, I just hope we can be more competitive and you know after the criticism the club's got this week, it'll be interesting the response.
1: Yeah it will mate and we have to uh, come out positively and um, really attack the footy in the contest um, because it certainly wasn't there last game.
0: All right. Well, mate, we thought this would be a very tough um, uh, episode to do. Uh, I'm glad we've done it, um, you know, to get it over and done with. Uh, we do like to think of the club more positively than maybe projected early, but um, you've got to understand we get frustrated uh, just like most people do, and um, we can't. Just put rose-colored glasses on all the time and say, "Oh, the sun will come out tomorrow," but because sometimes it doesn't. And um, yeah, you know, we just have to own what we are at the moment. Um, we don't have to be happy about that. And that's the thing about it is that you know, if we were just content being mediocre, um, you know, it doesn't say much about us as fans as well. So we've got to ask the club to get better and put an expectation from our point of view as members we want to see the club stand for something again and um yeah let's hope the club starts communicating with us a little bit more i think that's the biggest criticism i have of the club at the moment is that there's just no communication um you can't send me a video each week uh one minute and 30 seconds about the side we're about to play um you know, you can't Roll out John fault after a game and say, "Oh yeah, well we're going to be better and you know it will get better quickly and so forth." You know, we haven't seen that, John. You've been there five years and we still haven't seen it. So, um, yeah, frustration does build, uh, but let's hope uh, we can finish off the season a little bit more positively and we don't fizzle out uh, like we have been playing in the last, you know, probably the last two months.
1: Yeah, absolutely, mate. Let's uh let's hope for better things to come. Um, interestingly, I just had a squiz at my Twitter feed, mate, and uh, looks like Xavier Campbell's come out and uh, had a chat on might have been RSN. Um, so I'll have a listen to that later, see what he had to say. because uh, I haven't heard much from him lately. So uh, hopefully that'll be an interesting listen. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. We just need to show more communication and direction as a club as to where we're going. because uh, right now. Ah, we just seem a bit lost.
0: Yeah, well, that's been long overdue. Haven't heard Xavier for a long time. Um, It'll be interesting to see what he comes out with. Uh, Hopefully, um, you know, he's not going to give us the same spiel that we get from a Warsfold. I'll just hang in there, you know, better days are coming and so forth. Uh, We really need him to, um, you know, drive standards at the club. Uh, You know, he's in a pivotal role as the CEO. And, you know, he needs to take on that role and um, demand for better things from the club. He's been there long enough, Xavier, to see what we've been able to produce in his time. And he's got to know it's not good enough and, you know, drive those standards, bring up the culture and let's see us improve. Well, mate, thanks for uh, the episode. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully come back uh, to discuss the next game against Port And let's hope we can have some hope in that game. Thanks for listening. Go Bombers.
1: Go Dons.